Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Build Business Acumen podcast, where we deliver practical knowledge and powerful guidance. Here is your futuristic host, Nathaniel Skula. So today I'm interviewing Nadia Russo. She is a Los Angeles-based social entrepreneur, multimedia journalist, and founder of Alter New Media, a purpose-forward marketing agency. In just over a year, Alter New Media has helped over 140 companies worldwide achieve their business goals while also making a difference in the world. Now let's get into the show. Well, I'm very, very excited, as I usually am when I interview my guests. I was speaking to my godfather the other day, and he was just like, he's just like, you keep saying the word excited, but I am generally. Yeah. So <laughs> another <laughs> so, word. <laughs> Nadia, it's 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 lovely to uh, lovely to see you, and yeah, I'm really excited to hear about yeah. you know your journey because you've built this social media business like really quickly, and I yes, and and. You. Yeah, I'm amazed, actually. I appreciate that. I'm also excited. Sorry, Godfather, we're going to use that word again. I'm very <laughs> excited to be here talking with you about these issues and um, a little bit about my background, hopefully inspiring people to take you know, an action in their lives that they've been afraid to take for the last three, six months, or even 12 months, because that's what it's really all about at the end of the day, is taking action and not getting wrapped up in your head about all of the, you know, should not and could not yeah there's a lot of that it's kind of an epidemic of you know your friends your family they don't want to see you suffer so they 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 kind of just say oh no you don't want to do that because they they know that there is going to be pain if you're if you're trying to achieve something big right there is torture it is hard and you've got to work really hard yeah i know you're a fan of gary v's i'm not yes I'm not hugely. I, I don't I like the way he's going swear. back and forth. I think well, he, swear, he swears too much, to be honest. I don't think there's any need for. Uh, occasionally, I'll swear, but I, I think he just uses. He just he, he's a bit over the top aggressive. I don't think there's any need for it personally, but. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is. It definitely does veer on excessive. I think he's he's passionate. He's a passionate guy, but I think. <laughs> You know, we don't want to undercut the importance of good vocabulary. And of course, as an Englishman, you're, I'm sure that's a definite concern. <laughs> half. Half English. I know, that's right. Half. Half. That's half. what my dad would say. Half. Half. You're half, half. child. <laughs> no, my dad's actually, um, he grew up and spent a lot of time in, uh, in New York on, on Long Island. His, his dad had a factory. They had a factory with like 100 employees. And wow. yeah, it was quite exciting times back then. And yeah, all sorts of, all sorts of stories about, about the old days, you know, and what went on in the neighborhood and stuff like that. That's crazy. Um, I love that. I love stories like that. Yeah, it's crazy. Kind of- 
cycling back to our history and how people built things up back then in many ways is more impressive than how they do it today. And I think, you know, a lot of people are awed and awe rather about all of the, you know, new online innovations and new businesses that can be made online. But in many ways, we have it so much easier than people did, you know, 20, 30, 40, and definitely 50 years ago. I mean, definitely for women and minorities, I mean, my God, especially. Very much so. And that's a massive thing with all of the big tech companies right now. They just they just want it. What do they call it? I think they call it inclusion, don't they? You know, inclusion and diversity, the, the necessity for having a diverse workforce. Yeah, but it's really important. It's really important. I, like just working or interviewing guys, it just just miss out on having fun you know because like females are just have different different qualities don't they i suppose i mean i think we all like men and women you know you can't argue that we biologically have different qualities and some ways that does kind of bleed into how we might present or interact with other people but you know gender equality I think the word equity is probably more appropriate than equality, but you know, we're all talk about equality and then this, you know, the importance of equality. But I think like I saw a really cool image of, gosh, what was it? I think it was a boy who was handicapped and then it was, you know, a black kid and then maybe an Asian American kid. And they were just saying like, you know, equality, well, these, you know, each child has something different that they're struggling with. So they're technically not all equal, so what we need is equity to be sure people are all treated fairly. So I think equity is even more important than equality. Just reminds me of that guy. Have you seen him? No arms, no legs, no worries. That guy. Yes. That's just, that's just my, it's the, if anyone's listening to this and they haven't seen it, like you just look him up on YouTube and it will just, it will just blow you away. I cried when I first saw it. It was just, it was just, just insane. It's just like, it's just too yeah. much. I mean, he can't, he can't walk. He's just got like a little flipper that he that he that he you know he'll hit a ball with, and he's just amazing. Like it just blows my mind that that guy. Like it's just you know insane, isn't it? Really, if you if you if you think how grateful you are for for who you are. But online, there's this big there's this big thing on social with people who they're really just living a, a, a fake existence. And I know we sort of talked about it a little bit a minute ago, but it's like, wh what's your take on that? Gosh, I have so many takes on that. And I think that there, you know, is a lot of pressure right now to kind of appear as the best and the coolest and the most accomplished. But I mean, I think there's also importance and, maybe it's not really pressure, but to me, there should be more importance placed on the journey and the process of getting to your point of success. And at the end of the day, like we should never strive to have one like end, you know, like we always seem to be self-improving. So it's like, so what are you saying guy, you know, posing in front of Lamborghini with like hot chick <laughs> beside you? Is this like your end game? Are you done now? Like, is this it? You've reached your like top point of life. <laughs> it's like what are you trying it's just and you know a lot of these people are running cars and they're doing ads and stuff to like look like this and then there's a lot of people out there that talk about the importance of you know positioning yourself as being super successful and showing off your accomplishments and I believe that you should talk about your accomplishments 
but not in a way that is, it dilutes it, in my opinion, by showing off all of these ostentatious things. Yeah, I think also it actually removes your human nature, your human side. And, you know, that really creates, creates a massive, massive problem because people, people just, they don't relate to you. Like, they'll just look at you and they'll be like, oh, look at that idiot. Like, he's just posing in his Lamborghini, yeah? Um, and, th- and they don't buy into you because, like, y- like you've just removed your audience from, from, from your social media profiles just by being an idiot. Yeah. I mean, I would say yes and no, because unfortunately, a lot of these people get a lot of follows and likes, especially yeah. there's a big thing with bro culture, especially there's no way around it where it's like, oh, you know, if you're a dude and you have all of these different things and other guys are like, oh, wow, I want to be like him. Like, I want to have the, the nice car and like yeah. the hot chick, like Ty Lopez type of situations, right. which is just... I can't really get down with that. I think it's super tacky. And, you know, a lot of the times these people are coaches or they have different programs going on about, you know, how to get to the point where you're making so much money. But then it's like, what were you doing before that? Like, did you have a business or did you do something to, you know, lay the foundation for why you're teaching this? Because a lot of the times it's not the case. So it's like, kind of masturbatory in that respect it's like oh I'm coaching but I've never done anything to lay the foundation for why I'm coaching and I think that's why I like Gary V because he has his agencies had like done a lot of different jobs you know he's worked for his family business and he scaled it up it's not like he just woke up one day and like I'm going to talk about the hustle culture and I've never hustled in my life yeah. <laughs> so yeah yeah um I think that there are many problems with, with all of this in, in, in a fundamental way. And it's from, from where I'm sitting, you know, I watched a video probably two or three years ago of this girl and she's probably, you know, probably in her twenties, early twenties, I'd say. And she's, she's definitely depressed. Yeah. And she's, she's got a phone and she's on Instagram and she's, she's got up and she's, she's put her trainers on and she's running shoes. She's taken a picture of her feet and then she's posted it on Instagram and then she's taken her shoes off, got back into bed. And then her whole day goes like this. I mean, it's an award-winning film. You've probably seen it knowing, knowing you. Wow. And, and the whole thing is, is basically just depicting the fake life that's out there versus something that, you know, is actually a reality of, of depression that's caused by overuse of social media, overuse of endorphins that are, you know, basically filling your brain with feel-good hormones when you get a like and a comment and this and that, when actually if you just went out and had a conversation with someone and had a smile and a, and a, and a, and a, and a hug, yeah, you'd, you, you'd have better effect upon your happiness or a phone call, you know. Exactly. And I always say that I think social media needs to be the impetus for, you know, forging deeper relationships in real life or taking an action in real life, which is why I really, I like to call my agency an impact-based marketing agency. We're very purpose-forward. We require all of our influencers who signed to our influencer board to do one nonprofit campaign a year. So- 
and not just working on the on in the online space raising awareness but if they can do something in their real communities like one influencer that we're working with her name is hannah alper shout out hannah alper she um has created this initiative where she's working with homeless people locally and getting a lot of brands to sponsor this initiative and sending product to gift to homeless people who are struggling on the streets and she's 15 years old and she's really using social media for good and i think it's this younger generation the gen z who in many ways are more awake than millennials or x generation people and of course boomers you know they're not really in it at the same level that the earlier generations are in or later generations wow that's amazing i mean a friend of mine started this uh, this movement called you matter um her name's angela myers and she started this movement and, and, and it basically became something called genius hour in schools. Right. Wow. Yeah. And, and it's, it's massive, you know, it's absolutely massive. And there are 67,000 classrooms a week that do genius hour. And that's over 2 million children. Yeah. Fantastic. So, so what she's what she's basically done is is she's she's seeded the next generation into, you know, actually making a difference because like that's what's missing in 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 everything. It's like it's like this whole kind of lack of compassion and empathy that that really it is. is a big issue. You know, I mean, I'm trying to raise awareness around around the homelessness thing. I, I'm talking to a, a charity who. They, they have a QR code that goes around your neck on a, on a lanyard so people can actually scan the QR code and then donate money to the person on a weekly basis or monthly basis or, or whatever, or a one-off, right? But they can also find out about the person's background and, you know, why did they end up homeless? What happened to them? How, did they, how were they displaced to end up in that position, et cetera, et cetera, yeah? So, That's awesome. so it's really cool. And they launched that in Oxford um, last year. It was like on the BBC and stuff. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm trying to get it launched in the city here. So I'm talking to the guy, um, I think next week, we're going to do a podcast about that very thing. And it's, it, it's very difficult though, to actually scale something like that with the processes and stuff, because you need to, you know, you need to get someone to go out who's got the right personality. They need to wear this thing and they need to, and they need to explain what they're doing there. And they, I mean, I think probably it, they, they should have a backdrop with a, you know, a pull up backdrop thing. And, and that will, that will help if the local councils will, will help, help them do that. And, uh, I think, I think it needs to be social media for good, you know, and that's, that's the major issue that I have. I just, I just see, you know, I mean, I used to do social media. I've taught, sort of taught a few courses, uh, um, I think for IBM and Microsoft and stuff like a few years ago. Yeah. And, you know, and it just became evident for me that it was just taking up too much of my time. So I just went down the other way and started writing and that was, that became my passion. But like now I'm more into like podcasts. Yeah. So right. What happens though when we're going to get this like chip in our head and 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 go from there? Like that's scary. I mean, my fear is that it's going to make people even more desensitized. Um, and I think that that, like we've just said, is the major issue: is people's ability to empathize and have empathy is not 
the same and not just like on a large scale with empathizing with people who are victim to um major social issues like homelessness and racism and other things but also just on like a an intimate level like not responding to someone for days on end because they're so self-involved and they're just their communication is suffering and there's just like all types of weird stuff that you notice even like on a small scale that to me reflects back on like not having enough empathy you know and to piggyback off what you're doing over in the uk that's so cool next week i'm speaking on a panel um, at an event called fashion innovation which is happening during new york fashion week and the panel is about um raising awareness about the homeless ep homeless epidemic in new york and la and it's called hashtag it can be used that's the whole like movement that we were spearheading between different influencers and celebrities and why it's so important to talk about. And there was a time that I was homeless for like two weeks. So it's like, you know, this really does speak to home for me. I, you know, never was born with a silver spoon in my mouth. I've had some sort of job since I was 14 years old. Yeah. But things happen, things happen, you know, and, and, you know, I've been very lucky that I've been looked after by my family and business contacts and friends and stuff, you know, and it's like yeah. things happen in, in people's lives. And, and sometimes you just feel so lonely that you can't go to anyone, you know, and it just becomes, becomes really, really difficult. But I, I'm afraid I've got to own up. I, I unsubscribed to the email um, about that because I just, oh, about have, fast innovation? yeah, yeah. Because I was just like, I was like, Oh, okay. Fair enough. And I, and I was like, a lot of emails. what? <laughs> They're sending a lot of emails. And I just, I was like, no, I'm not having that. And, However, I love what you're doing uh, with that. And I think it's brilliant. And I'd love, to, I'd love to maybe introduce you to these guys in Oxford, see if we can get that QR code thing going on over there. Yes. System. I, think, I think that, you know, more of this kind of stuff is going to have to happen. And, you know, I mean, we're sort of looking at an ethical dilemma here. Yeah. And, and, that, and that dilemma really is, is actually... It's about how social media works. It's about who gets the payment, yeah? In essence, this is what is at the core of, of this, yeah? And there's a, new, there's a new platform called HowDo that's out there. And it's a, it's a blockchain-powered social platform. It's just about to launch. So I'm gonna, I'll introduce you to, to one of the people involved, and he'll get you. That'll like be awesome. I've done a lot of work with crypto and blockchain cool. types of clients, though. Cool. So yeah, this is this is this is basically going to be fifty percent of the ad revenue will go to the influencer, yeah, instead of no money or very little money, you know. So I think that's I think that's just going to be absolutely brilliant, and you'll be in control as well of your data on there. So I'll yeah I'll introduce you to the chap who's uh, who's dealing with that. That'll be really cool fantastic yeah but yeah so in terms of in terms of like social media and content and and this kind of stuff like what would you like if you were going to build someone's social mm -hmm. profiles like you'd start with like reviewing them reviewing their goals reviewing their business goals exactly. and then reviewing their channels right and then you would see the results that they've been getting the frequency of posting that they're doing 
and the type, the kind of content that they're putting out there. And then you would, then you would just uh, say, right, okay, I think you need to change slightly what you're doing and we need to be doing this for you instead of what you're doing now. And you would just like, where would you go from there? Quite often, it's definitely not a slight change. Sometimes they need a, a total overhaul. Keep away <laughs> from my Instagram. <laughs> no, like sometimes it's really a tragedy. But in the last year, my team and I, we've supported over 130 customers with Instagram growth and management. And a lot of that does involve kind of redoing their Instagram. Now, we don't always delete old content. A lot of the times people will be like, oh, should we delete our old posts? And you know, it really depends if it's a total mess. Yeah. And we you know the new posts are going to be more or less a complete rebrand. I'm going to say yes. But you know, oftentimes, we're just going to kind of build off what they were doing before even if it looks a lot different. But like you said, we always do begin with addressing their business objectives, usually for the next six months, because marketing strategies and what we're doing online and social media, it always has to align with those business goals. And if someone says my business goal is to have 10,000 followers and like, that's not a business goal. That's a strategy that you're taking on social to help you get to conversion of whatever, you know, X percent and also raise your brand positioning. Cause I mean, yeah. it's really two tiered on one side. We want to raise their brand authority with scaling up their audience um, and on the other side, we want to drive conversion. And of course, it doesn't usually happen overnight, which I have to remind clients, particularly clients who are in a financial space or a very like numbers driven space. And they're used to maybe like Bing or Google search and that kind of advertising, which is a lot different than social where you have to build a community, yeah. but, you know, especially ones who are doing it from scratch. So we're like creating new profiles. We have to scale it up. It's not going to be overnight. You're not going to see a hundred leads from a hundred followers. So, yeah, yeah. There, there's there's always been that sort of confusion around around social. It's it's it's. I mean, I, right. It's the problem that you face though is that you've you've inherited a really bad reputation from all of these awful companies and yes. awful people who've pushed people to sign up yeah at uh, to a contract perhaps for a year yeah and it got them zero results yeah and and they said and the problem is is that they turn around they say well you need to be everywhere you need to be on pinterest instagram twitter facebook linkedin um everywhere right and that's the major issue that i have with marketing agencies yeah, yeah. like like since i've been doing my podcast yeah I've had so many people like approach me or approach my guests. Yeah. And say, you know, we want you to write a book or, you know, we want you to launch like some podcasts, like expert talk. So I'm in the process now of creating literally a lot of content. Yeah. That's and nice. Yeah. It's great. It, fe it just feels amazing. But the thing is, is that I don't, I don't want to spend on someone managing my Instagram and I don't want to increase anything because mm -hmm. what I'm doing is working right now. I'll look at it again in six months probably and say, yeah. right. I, mean, I will say Instagram and LinkedIn are probably the two biggest platforms for me in terms of lead generation, wow. finding relationships that are awesome and really do convert 
out, you know, outside, even online. Facebook wow. only recently have I, you know, gotten more active on Facebook because I had a bit of a resistance to getting active on Facebook because LinkedIn and Instagram are serving me so well. Right. Right. And like you said, we cannot absolutely not say one person or one client, one company should be ubiquitous on social media. I mean, you need to be very specific. Pinterest is not going to serve um, a financial broker. It doesn't make sense. I'm sorry. <laughs> They're not, their target audience is not on Pinterest. You're not going to see a bunch of like people on Wall Street pinning. No. It's, what? You know? <laughs> Yeah, well, that, but that's but that goes back, doesn't it, to the research and 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 really knowing who you're sort of doing business with, and, exactly, and, and and trusting them. I mean, it goes back to you know, know, like, and trust. Yeah, like, and what what I thought about that for quite a few years, and I thought, well, actually, you will know someone and you will trust them, but you might not like them. Yeah, mm -hmm. right. That's very but, true. But then, but then you'll do business with them. But then as soon as another company comes along that you do know, you do like, and you do trust, you'll probably change. Yeah. 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 I was dealing with that recently where a company, they had a bad experience with a former agency and they were simply, were pretty much like, oh my gosh, like, I'm just praying this is going to work out this time. And I'm like, you know, I don't think prayers are necessary because you're working with someone very reputable and you came to me and I've given you like numerous testimonials and case studies. And I think you just need to kind of let go of what happened in the past and move forward towards the future. Otherwise yeah. you're not going to move forward at all. Well, exactly. I mean, so you guys are mainly business to consumer, right? B2C. Is that your major kind of influence of focus? Both. 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 Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. it really depends. I mean, we do work with a lot of companies that are, you know, small businesses and targeting other businesses and even on Instagram, believe it yeah. or not. Um, cool. Probably primarily business to consumer, but there are some B2B clients. Yeah. It's really cool. It's, it's not easy. It's not an easy space to work in, you know, cause there's so many companies out there. But the thing is, I think what I noticed about you guys is like, you've, you've actually, you, you practice what you preach. Yeah. Like, you know, you are social at the core of it and that's, that's the most important thing, you know, like with B2B, it's more about, it's more about like a targeted message. Like you've got something that you want to put in front of someone. It's super, super hyper laser targeted. It's a little bit, it's a little bit more different. You know, it's a little bit different to the B2C like I wouldn't even know where to start with B2C, like no idea. Yeah. But what I'm doing with B2B seems to be working, you know, so I'm just kind of just getting on with yeah. that really. <laughs> Keep it going. And I think, yeah, B2C in some ways is more challenging than B2B because there's more consumers than there, you know, it's very oversaturated. You have to really be very strategic about targeting and understand how to grab your target audience in a time, you know, in a space that's full of other companies trying to do the same exact thing. So let's talk about B2C. So with B2C, right? What, what's the, what's the kind of deal? Like, how do you, how do you get a company to build a relationship with a consumer that is not in the real world? Cause I come from a background of like, 
the wine merchants, like a prestigious wine merchants. Yeah. So someone's going to walk into my shop and I'm going to, I'm going to say, Oh, hello there. Have you, if you come for anything in particular, you know, etc. Right. So how do you market business to consumer? Uh, storytelling is a major part of it. You know, if your brand that you're working with doesn't have a clear story, you're going to have to define it for them because in this age, you know, where it's very oversaturated, people are looking at information constantly. You have to have a way to grab their attention. So a story that's not just inspirational, but motivational and obviously clearly defining how this company is solving a problem that the consumer has is super important. And sometimes, you know, if it's a new startup and a lot of startups, they are, in many ways identifying problems that sometimes consumers don't know they have. And I think that can be really challenging, especially if the company themselves hasn't really thought too deeply about, wow, this isn't a problem that consumers realize they have. So you have to kind of define the problem for them through the power of story. And on Instagram, especially, you know, being visually captivating and having a nice aesthetic feed while also telling that story and knowing how to target people is super important. Right. That goes down to the kind of hashtags that you're using, the kind of images that you're using, the words that you're using and, and the sort of story, right? That like, and it all feeds through, doesn't it? So you've got your image and then you've got the text on the image and then the logo, and then you feed it down into the text on the post. And then you've got the hashtags like any other platform, right? Yeah. I mean, not necessarily like using a logo in every photo. Like I wouldn't recommend that. I mean, it okay. can't hurt occasionally, but I like to say that on Instagram to really slay on Instagram, you have to work in three, a three tiered system. And I think this three tiered system can apply to all platforms though, to be honest with you, okay. because it starts with strategy, then you need great content that's kind of in line with your strategy, and then you need to engage. You need to engage your audience. And it's kind of like, I love using this analogy, it's a little out there, but like if you're in real life and you're at a party and you see pe two people that kind of, I don't know, have some synergy with you and they're talking to each other, they're together, and you're like, oh, I think I could be friends with them, but they're together, they're already doing their own thing, they're not necessarily going to talk to you unless you make the first move or even like, you know, at a bar, you see a girl you like, and you want to say, Hey, like what's up. Similarly, if you're on Instagram, even though like you might have similarities to your target audience, if you're not out there kind of like, I guess, combing for them and saying like, Hey, or liking their content, they're not it's, You have to make the first move sometimes. So you need to find the content and, basically use the search within whatever platform you're using right. or whatever tool, you know, whatever, if you've got a tool or you don't have a tool, you use the platform. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. You search for specific hashtags that represent the kind of business or customer that you're looking for with the sort of interests that you're, right. that you're looking to target. Right. So exactly. if, if you were, if you were, selling i don't know like shower gel for example yeah you might want to target people who are into sports yeah if it's a specific sporty kind of shower gel so you're going to go to their instagram the sporty people and then if they're hashtagging gym workout blah 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 
you're going to try and track them down and then like their content in the hope that they come back exactly. to you and have a conversation with you. And it goes one step further if you're targeting a specific area. So you want to like be very, you know, okay, geotarget with your hashtags. Maybe like follow like, okay, there's, so you're targeting in the UK and there's like a UK sports team that people who are sporty are liking or using the hashtag of. So you would use that hashtag or engage with it. Right. Uh, to lure, lure those people back to you. Right. So yeah, you're engaging with a hashtag that represents something to them, right? So the people who are, who are sort of watching it are going to come come to you. It's a bit like what I do with my podcast. Like I yeah. just, you know, I, yeah, it's exactly the same with what I do with my podcast. I just target the specific show that I'm kind of recording and the hashtags roughly that sort of fit with that. And I make sure I include the podcast hashtag because if people are looking for a, a podcast about social media marketing or marketing or branding or business or so I'll put those in there, you know. So exactly. it's not really about how many times you're posting per day then. It's about, it's about engaging with people on, in the right places, yeah? Yeah, I mean, you definitely have to have a strategy. But for sure, I always recommend posting at least once a day. Because, I mean, again, you're more likely, if you're using the right hashtags, and there's definitely a ratio for hashtags as well. You want to have a certain number of hashtags to represent your brand another number of hashtags to represent your industry and then the other to represent your target audience. And so of course, if you're posting compelling content, just like if you're doing so on Facebook or LinkedIn and people find that content through the hashtag search that they're doing much like Google search and you're optimizing your website and you're doing your keyword research for your blogs, people are going to find you more likely to find you. Like I use hashtag NYC business a lot because I like working with New York clients. When I use that hashtag, I've noticed a lot of my posts will come up to the very top. They'll become top posts because they get a lot of engagement. And then so people who are using hashtag NYC business and they search that hashtag, they'll see my content right there. And right. then click me. And so I've been getting a lot more like New York types of people liking my stuff and following me. And that's because that hashtag is, is um, not as widely used as like hashtag USA or, or something, exactly, for example. Exactly, like hashtag, just hashtag business. I mean, that's like all over the place. Um, hashtag NYC business might have like 20K posts or something like that. Right, so right. Oversaturated hashtags, at least not in the majority of what you're using because, you know, people are not as likely to find you. So when people use hashtag like follow to follow or hashtag Instagood, I'm like, this is horrible. Like you're not, nothing's going to happen. But then it goes back to what you're doing on that platform and how you use it. I mean, for me as an individual, I just used Instagram as an individual. I, I, I connect it to my Facebook page because I'm a lazy poster. So I just post to Instagram, it shares to my Facebook page. I just use it in that way. Right. But I don't post every day. I'm a bit sporadic. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, I've been sporadic myself just because I'm so yeah. busy you know, working in and on the business. But yeah. granted, when I do post, I get more messages and more inquiries. So we have our business account. We have our alter new media Instagram. We get a lot of inquiries through there. And then, of course, I have my own um, Instagram account. Very cool. So really, it's just about tying it all in with the marketing strategy, the sales development strategy, the people in the business. And, and if they can't keep up with the, with the posting, then you guys step in and help them to get that right and, and, and do it for them. Yeah, is that right? 
Yeah, I mean, majority of our clients and customers don't post at all, and we don't want them to because they don't know what they're doing. Um, hey, don't look so, at me like that. You don't know what to do. <laughs> but I mean, it really depends. Some of them want to kind of like get the guidance and they want to learn and be hands on. Like, I am launching a coaching program the end of February for people who are a little like, you know, I want to do this. I want to create my strategy and I want to understand how to post myself. And they also might not have the budget for ongoing service. So that's appropriate for those people. Right. Otherwise, for the most part, people are like, okay, I want to do two posts a day and we'll do two posts a day for our Instagram Rockstar premium service includes two posts a day and a strategy and all of the targeted engagement to grow their accounts. But others are like, you know, I want to post. So then they have to follow the strategy while we're right. doing the engagement. Right. The major problem is people just seem to think social media is free and that's the major yeah. problem. And it isn't free. It's time consuming and it takes a lot of time and effort to, to find the, the content it takes ages. You either got to be a good photographer or at least have an idea of what you're going to take, right? Or you've got to have a stash of pictures. Like I've got about 7,000 pictures from like when I went around the world, like 12 years ago or something, yeah? And, and I was talking to this LA photographer. He's on one of the other episodes. He's a celebrity photographer, a really lovely guy, yeah? And, and, and he basically just said, you should just use them, you know? And that'll just become your style, yeah? Yeah, so, so I I'm agree. sort of. Yeah, so I'm sort of feeding those into my feed, at, you know, as and when really. But I think really it's just getting organized. It's just because it's a resource thing. It's like I've got so many, so many posts that are on, that are on my, my site that I want to take those posts and I want to share them. So, so in order for me to share them on Instagram, it creates an issue for me to share the links, you see, because that's my major problem with Instagram is the links, yeah? So I would have to change a link every day on my profile, potentially, if, to make it easy for people. Because that's the major issue I've got with Instagram is the links are not clickable within, within, the, within the feed. Yeah, Yeah. So, so you definitely need to have, I mean, for people who are doing like, like you, you're doing a podcast, how often do they come out? Like a week, weekly or bi-monthly? Four times a week. Four times a week? Wow. I was doing, I was doing six. I'm up to 20. Yeah, I'm up to, I'm up to, I'm up to, I'll be up to 30 tomorrow. That is intense. That's very impressive. It's tiring. I I would say, you know, obviously if you were doing one a week, then it would be like, okay, now I'm going to upload my link for the week and I'm going to kind of wrap all of my content around this particular podcast of the week. If you're doing that many, I mean, you would just, what you could do, I mean, I'm assuming you, you have your website, obviously, and you probably house it all there, so you could just direct people to your website. Because yeah, yeah, could do. But then, so then it's down to the website, or you have to get a link, don't you? You've got to create some sort of bitly you kind of do like a link trees type of situation. Yeah. yeah, but then people don't like these link shorteners. They, they, apparently, they will click less when you've got a link shortener than than a than a real i mean this gets into the geeky territories we're not gonna yeah i mean they do and they don't like i've looked i've kind of Mm. seen traffic and kind of looked at the difference between using a bitly link and using like a regular url i think sometimes like the bitly link it just looks cleaner and like it doesn't take up you know as much space in your bio certainly on instagram it's much better to have it to have a shortened link i mean i mean i'm lucky i get to use these ibm links 
Okay. What I will say is as long as you can customize your link, like when I've used a bit.ly link, I don't mm -hmm. use, I always customize that. Oh link. yeah. You know, you don't want to just be like, all right, let's just make the bit.ly link. And it's all these crazy characters like that. Looks yeah. Bad. But then, yeah. But then it goes back to what you're doing and how you're actually posting because like, because like, for example, like if I'm on, if I'm on Twitter, like I use, I use something called IFTTT, which I just love. Yeah. So I will, I will, I will set up a load of automations on there and you know, whatever your view of automation is, it certainly, it certainly gets it more in people's faces. I don't, I think I can actually still send direct message campaigns if I want to. That's interesting. Have you ever played with LinkedIn? I th I'd much rather have a more targeted approach, yeah. like on a sales, sales nav. navigator. I love. Yeah, that. I used to. I've used it a few times. I've got a friend. I've got a, a colleague who's an expert at writing Boolean operators. Yeah, like the search queries, and like that's just like an artwork in itself. You know, it is like when I've done research, um, like academic paper type of thing. I mean, you have to be really good with your Boolean stuff yeah. to find the right content yeah yeah but there's so much out there i think the problem is is that people don't know where to look they don't know where to find good content and that's the biggest problem right. is they will that they they think because they don't know anything they will go and look at a load of content and that content is just designed to sell them stuff and it doesn't educate exactly. them at all and that's the biggest problem is they need education right exactly. like exactly and that's, that's another that. power of three as i tout especially in terms of content so it's like i have my three-tier strategy for you know instagram but again can be applied to other platforms and then i have my content strategy and working in the power of threes so making sure your content is always at least one-third educational one-third motivational or aspirational one-third promotional because i see a lot of people every single post is leading with like sign up or buy my ebook and it's just like every <laughs> post especially on facebook and it's just like what is happening here like this is tacky yeah oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i need i need to revisit all of my social channels really it's just so time consuming everything's time consuming and when you're sure. when you're creating a product if your product is amazing and you tell a few people then those people tell more people i mean that's in essence what what you know all of this from what i've been learning i've interviewed so many people the last two or three years and what it really comes down to is like that product that you're selling whether you're a retailer or you know business to business it has to be the best product and if it is people are going to go and talk about it and they're going to tell other people and that's all throughout the journey, right? Like the customer journey from, from, from here over to there, they, exactly. they, you know, they get to tell people because it's a great product. Like that's, that's right. it. It's pretty simple. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can't skimp on quality just because we're in an age where there's a lot of different people and there's, a, you know, the ability to be fake, <laughs> fake, you know, fake it till you make it as they say, well, I don't know about that strategy. No, me either. You just got to work your ass off. It's very yes. simple. Yes, it's very you know. straightforward. You yeah. know, hold your craft, work yeah. hard, yeah. and don't be an ass. <laughs> it's pretty simple, really. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you. You've been so generous with your time, Nadia. It's oh, um, sure. my pleasure. It's been really fun. And, you know, I'm sure that we'll speak soon. I might make a few intros for you. I need to just I need to just uh, have a think about who they're going to be. 
I've got some ideas. Let me just stop. That would be great. Oh, hold on. Where do people find you then? So you can find me on Instagram at Nadia Russo. That's N-A-D-Y-A-R-O-U-S-S-E-A-U. Or my company handle, Alter New Media. That's A-L-T-E-R-N-E-W-M-E-D-I-A. And on Facebook, you can look me up. You can give me a follow. And maybe I'll give you a friend request back. We'll see about that. Um, and then on LinkedIn, you can find me the same way. And my website is alternewmedia.com. I'm also on Fiverr Pro, which is the premium version of Fiverr. So the professionals have to be pre-vetted and approved by Fiverr to sell there at premium. So you can look me up there as well. I'm one of the most requested social media providers on the platform. So there you go. That's cool. Very cool. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening. Please subscribe and wherever you prefer, share with your friends. And if you enjoyed the show, drop us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.